Welcome everybody to another week with with War Room, the Hockey Podcast. Free agency is underway. Matt Duchesne bought out in Nashville, signs a one-year deal in Dallas. Dmitry Orlov ends up in Carolina. And Ryan O'Reilly, out of Toronto, signs a four-year deal in Nashville. More free agency talk and season preview coming up. I'm Evan Rauer, War Room, the Hockey Podcast. Welcome back, War Room, the Hockey Podcast. Free agency, as I touched on, is underway. Uh, Big week. Day one is complete. We've got um, day two going as of this recording. Day two is is underway, close to being complete as well. Obviously not as many signings. A lot of the names that didn't sign on day one will probably drag out into the summer a little bit, waiting for, for other chips to fall and other prime contracts for themselves. But day one is complete. Some big names moved. Um, we'll recap those real quick for everybody. Um, Ryan O'Reilly in Nashville. Uh, I don't understand what Nashville's doing. I mean, I think I see that they're rebuilding without rebuilding, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm trying not it's, to it's, it's Barry Trotz's way of basically not actually admitting to a rebuild. I, it's one of those things though, where I just, I don't understand the, the idea of Ryan O'Reilly being a guy you bring in to make your number one center. He's, he's a veteran guy. They're maybe at, maybe at the, kids. maybe at the age of, 26 28 he could have been a number one guy like you saw him in st louis um even then he wasn't really a number one guy he had enough padding around him to help him be a number one center um in nashville he's just not going to have that no he's he's with exception of forsberg he's got cody glass and i mean (laughs) what other big name can you can you list in nashville right now Well, they've dumped salary or, or they got rid of half of Joe Hansen's and and uh, got rid of Duchesne's, but and they moved uh, the defenseman to Edmonton last spring. Beckholm. Beckholm. Uh, but all they're doing is they're in a rebuild without burning it to the ground. Basically. So O'Reilly is there. He's a veteran guy. He's a Cup winner. He's a great presence in the room. He'll be there while they rebuild and while they stockpile some draft picks and bring up some prospects. He'll be there to help these guys be mentored along along with Barry Trotz, uh, that who is one of the best. So, eh, I guess it's kind of a uh, they're not they're not going the route of Ottawa or somebody like that or or Toronto a few years ago. They're just it's a rebuild. But anyway, we've only gotten to one guy so I know. far. And here so. we and here we go. So, uh, recap here real quick. Van Riemsdyk in Boston. Running out the clock. Klingberg in Toronto. I was surprised at that. Pat, Pacioretty in um, Washington. Washington took a risk on him with his health, giving him a $2 million deal. Sean Monaghan resigns in Montreal. Milan Lucic back in Boston. Yep. Uh, Timo Meyer, big, big contract in New Jersey. Better hope that works out. Jordan Stahl. Captain returning to Carolina. Good move. Jonathan Quick, New York Rangers. I guess that's not such a surprise since um, our goalie expert pointed out that he is a Connecticut guy. So he is, and he's at the tail end Island. of his career. He's from Connecticut, so yeah. so it works out, and he he won't be required to to play big minutes there right. in in New York. So yeah. he's more of a leadership locker room guy who's won some Stanley Cups, who who knows how to get it done. Makes sense. Uh, Jason Zucker in Arizona. Yeah, back to the desert with him. Goose, Gustav Nyquist in Nashville. Yep. 
Jonathan Drew around in Colorado. There's one for you. I didn't see that coming at all. I, but I guess it, logically, since he was a junior teammate of uh, McKinnon's. Well, Nathan McKinnon was in McFarland's ear. Yeah. So sure. McFarland gave an interview, said McKinnon was a honorary scout and basically <laughs> was the catalyst for recruiting. For well, they were up together. They played together for three years um, in, in uh, Halifax. So, shoot. If anybody's willing to bring him along and try to salvage his career, he's an extremely talented guy. If he could get the get between the ears figured out, he's a very talented kid. Patrick Hornquist retires. Yeah. Nobody will be uh, sad to see him go. Dmitry Orloff from Carolina. That was, you know what, he's, he's been overpaid, but I think he'll fit in there. Varley, Varlamov resigns on the island. Mm-hmm. Freddie Anderson resigns in Carolina. Didn't they also? Didn't the Islanders also sign Sorokin? They, big they, big eight year deal for Sorokin. Yeah, yeah, eight times a bunch. Kalorn in Anaheim. Ooh, didn't, <laughs> didn't see that one. Nick Foligno si- traded part of the Taylor Hall trade and then signs a one year deal in Chicago. Leadership guy again. Yep. Cam Talbot signs in L.A. Alex Kerfoot, Arizona. Tristan Jari resigns in Pittsburgh. J.T. Comfer gets his his payday in Detroit. Going home. Lars Eller, two-year deal in Pittsburgh. Barbashev resigns in Vegas. Yeah, he had a real good playoff, so that's probably a good sign. Evan Rodriguez, four-year deal in Florida. Yeah. That's, um, if he stays healthy, that's going to be a, a big scoring depth piece for them. Corey Perry signs in Chicago. <laughs> he just won't go away. Matt Duchesne bought out in Nashville, signs a one-year deal in Dallas. Blake Wheeler, New York Rangers. One year? For Wheeler, yeah. Ryan, a lot of that going because of the cap. Yeah. Ryan Graves, Pittsburgh. You know, I've always been a huge Graves fan. I think that's an enormous signing for them. Scott Mayfield resigns on the island. Revo, Ryan Reeves in Toronto. I like it. You know that. I like it. He's a, he, He'll be just, I don't care what Mike Johnson says, he'll be just as good sitting in the, in the press box because you know you're going to see him tomorrow. Nick Bukestad resigns in Arizona. He's um he's a guy who's always had problems in his career. Just can't stay healthy. Can't really put put a streak of of real solid play and good health together. He's better than what his numbers will show. Nick Benino signs New York Rangers. There, if you're a, if you're a quality depth guy like that, or Matt Calvert years ago, if you're that kind of quality guy, you're always going to have a job. As long as you can skate, you're going to have a job. Cogliano. <clears throat> Shane Gostaspair, Detroit. How much did he get? Ooh, I'd have to look that up. Um, I'll see if I can find you, it. You find it. Oliver Ekman Larson in Florida. Well, there's another one that's uh, kind of underachieved as, as his old body of work. Matt Nieto, Pittsburgh. Luke Shen, Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trotz is signing all the Kelowna Rockets. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's true. He's got Cal Foot. He's yeah. got Tyson Berry. Yeah. He's got um, Luke Shen. Luke Shen. 
and there's one or two others that I'm drawing a blank on. Just got rid of Johansson, who was a rocket. Connor Brown signs in Edmonton. That's a that's a good pickup for them because they're not paying him. Much. And he and McDavid played junior together, so right. that that's a known line mate, kind of McKinnon and Drouin style to be. Definitely. To be there. Eric Johnson signs in Buffalo. I thought they re-signed him in Colorado. That's Jack Johnson. They re-signed Jack Johnson. Eric Johnson signed one-year one year deal, 3.2 in Buffalo. So what that tells me is that he wanted to stay. Maybe the team wanted him to stay, but there was a discrepancy on on the contribution that they expected him to provide. Probably he felt he could. He f- feels he still has some in the tank and can go, and thus is more than just league minimum. Team doesn't see it that way. Bo Byram, Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, you know the number of these younger defensemen. You're going to be a, a locker room leader. May or may not be a seventh defenseman guy who can be provide that leadership, eat big minutes when you need to, but it'll be on a league minimum. He didn't feel like he was at that point in his career, so. They wash hands and and kind of kind of call it that. To me, that's the only way to see it. Thirteen years in Colorado, and you're you can't find a way to 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 finish your career here. Yeah. So to me, to me, to me, that's the really the logical explanation as to why he he went and signed somewhere else. Is there? They both wanted both parties wanted to get it done. There's just a discrepancy on the value that they felt EJ could provide. So yeah, and I I don't. I, I don't get that. I, everybody thinks differently. I wouldn't move to Buffalo for a year at this stage for the sake of, uh, you know, as much money as he's made in a great career, I wouldn't do it. But that's that. I'm not him. Question will be, you know, after a year in Buffalo, does he re-sign in Colorado for the league minimum to, to finish it out? Kind of one of those. I played one more year, gave my value, and now I come back to Colorado where or, or it's my home anyway. Right. And now I now I finish it out. We'll we'll see. Obviously next year, Ratko Gudis and Anaheim. That's they beefed up, and they needed to forward and defense. Chris Wagner in Colorado, good depth guy. He's like been here before. before. He's been here before. So um, Connor Sherry in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's. It surprised me that Tampa loosened up the money to to sign him. I that was. Genuinely surprised at that, but when you lose Kalorn, you got to put uh, you got to put some top six minutes back in there somewhere. Miles Wood, Colorado, six-year deal. Love that. I was all over that when I saw it. He is the perfect pickup to replace Comfer, uh, at least, and and maybe even some of Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Bo Byram resigned as well in Colorado, so that's RFA deal. Uh, that's all the big, big names that were, were signed day one of free agency. Um, obviously, may, as we record, maybe we'll be able to break as it happens some day two signings. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but day one is complete. Day two, as of this recording, almost complete. Uh, this week, we are going to cover. We are going to start our uh, preseason preview now that the draft and free agency has are either complete or at least started. Uh, we're going to start with the Pacific Division. Uh, we're going to go team by team. Kind of give it, get a look on what we see the lineup looking like, some off-season grades and and thoughts up to this point, and where we might see them finishing in division at yep. least. Um, Sounds good. Obviously, because we're going division division, we can't, we shouldn't anyway, 
predict where we see them falling total conference wise, at least until our final our final one where we kind of summarize it all together but we'll go division by division at least for the next few weeks starting with pacific division this week any thoughts that you want to add before we jump into it well uh, just that gostas bear got 4.1 which is surprising for me since he's a very one-dimensional guy but scoring is expensive so he doesn't defend very well but he can he can move the puck so you know that's i guess that's why and that's why he got 4.1 and uh he fills the need Absolutely. What did, what did EJ get in Buffalo? One year, 3.2, I think. Oh, golly. Okay. So that's why you moved to Buffalo for a year because – Well, it's exactly what I would kind of like – Two and a half million dollars. It's exactly so. kind of what I was saying. Yeah. He Buffalo was willing to give him the value that he felt he was still able to provide. Yeah. Or or was worth based, based on what he felt he could still provide. And Colorado didn't see it that way. Colorado – appreciates him how could you not 13 years but they appreciate him to the level that okay you've done all that now scale back some of your minutes and provide a more more in your ear backseat leadership style on a league minimum rather than a direct 24 minutes a night 3.2 shot blocking every night kind of kind of play yeah, he won't have nearly the mileage. I'm just, I'm a little surprised. I guess they wanted that veteran leadership there because they have struggled defensively. So he, he's going to be able to help. Uh, he's going to be able to help their young guys, and they are a very, very young defensive core. Yeah, yeah. And even though defensemen are the smartest guys on the ice, it still takes a while to adjust. Well, we'll get to. Um, I'll let you. F- Say your thought real quick in, in just a second. When we'll get to um, some of the thoughts we talked about off recording yesterday about Mike Johnson's little spiel about the value of, of Ryan Reeves. Yeah. Once we get to the to Toronto's division, but okay. uh, we'll go division by division anyway. Oh, you had a thought though before we start. No, I just was I was just going to ask where you if you're starting alphabetically or in order of finish or no. I'm just I click click on division. I'm on cap friendly. Click on division and then. Anaheim was the first team that popped up. So sounds good. Um, our favorite goaltender should be here for for the Anaheim Ducks, but we'll at least swing through it anyway. Okay, we'll see if we can muddle through. See if we can his see if we can do his expertise justice with this. How about that? So Anaheim, obviously floundering for the past few years. Change, change in coach. Yep. Uh, change in management. And now they've beefed up. Alex Kalorn, proven Stanley Cup champion. Ratko Gudis, big body, thick guy on the on the back end. Um, is that it, the question will be before we get to kind of their depth here a little bit, their depth chart, is from what you've seen from them so far, draft and free agency, at least through day one of free agency as of this recording, have they done enough to kind of spark a climb Standings-wise, they should be a playoff team. Think so? They should be a playoff team. Okay. It, it will depend a little bit on goaltending. What the, what they do with what they do with Gibson will be a big. If they move Gibby at the at the deadline or something, but uh, Dostal is ready to step in. I think the the good news and bad news is they're gonna they should be a whole lot better playing for an unproven coach, but they should be a whole lot better at least at this level. Um, they are 
deep on defense, but they're extremely young. They've got a handful of young stud defensemen that are 20, 19, 20, 21 years old that should come along and learn to play. They should bring them in and let them grow up with Zegris and Terry and Mason McTavish and some of their young talent. Kalorn and Adam Henrique are going to help look for Silverberg to be gone at the deadline. <clears throat> Ryan Strom has still got a lot of miles left, and, uh, and they're pretty solid. When you look at their top 12, they're not bad up front. They should be able to score goals. They should be a lot bigger and tougher to play against, and their defense, although young, should be extremely mobile and, and really effective at getting the puck out of their own end. Their goaltending is solid. So if this team matures, they're going to be good, and they should be a, they should be a playoff team. Off-season grade up to this point, what, 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 are you, what are you thinking for them? The only thing I didn't like was that they didn't draft Fantilli. So I, they they needed Fantilli. I'm going to B minus C plus B minus on the on the draft. B minus. I'll, I'll agree with that. B minus. You I thought for sure um, that they were going to draft Fantilli. Um, that's why I texted you on the night and said, "Ooh, our favorite goalie is going to be pissed because yeah. he was hot. He was ready for them to take Fantilli, um, and they didn't." So. Um, Leo Carlson's no slouch, but I just uh, it looked to me like Fantilli fit better in that lineup. We'll see. Maybe maybe uh, Carlson's got a little bit better offensive upside. Okay. So if we're saying they're a playoff team as of this early preseason prediction, they've got to at least be no higher than wild card, though, right? Because uh, uh, yes. th- I mean, from were. until proven otherwise, your your Pacific Division teams ahead of them are Edmonton, Seattle, and Vegas, right? And Vegas maybe and L A L A is on the on the rise too with with their their compete. So yeah. you got three, yeah. maybe four, right there, either right with Anaheim or above them. So until proven otherwise, Anaheim, if they make it, would be a wild card, correct? Right. Okay, I'll make note of this as we go so we can <laughs> call back to it. Um, Depth-wise, so their depth chart is looking, at least based on cap-friendly, uh, you got Henrique as your top left winger. He's probably going to drop. I, 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 My guess is that Henrique might drop to second or third line on the left wing because he's that kind of a two-way player. Yeah. But so Henrique, we'll here, so your left wingers, Henrique, Kalorn, Vetrano, and McGinn. Yep. Those are your left wingers. Center down down the middle. Zegris, uh, McTavish, Lund- Lundestrom, yep. and Carrick. Yep. Probably so. In I, give I, or take, who who comes in at camp and, right. and surprises? But at least up to this point, again, everything is very very early here. But yes. at least up to this point, Troy Terry, Ryan Strom, Jakob Silverberg, Max Jones on the right side. And see, that's a that's a pretty young roster. That's a pretty skilled roster, and they've got a little bit of size and grit. Yeah. So I really like they're not they don't have a lot of game breakers, but they're they're pretty solid. And they also picked up Brett Leeson, who had a great junior career. Who's now 24 years old. It's kind of time for him to either shine or mm-hmm. flunk out. Yep, absolutely. So, so he's got the potential. Back anyway. back end pairings: Fowler and Drysdale. Yep, that's a good top pair. Vakaninen, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, got me. Vakaninen and uh, Gudis in your yeah, middle in your middle pair. Yeah. Um, Colton White, Jackson Lacombe, 
your bottom pair, at least to this point in the offseason. Yeah. I, you know what, though? They've, you you got to watch out for a couple of kids. Drew Hellison and Tyson Hinn. Hellison is the big, 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 yeah. And Olin Zellweger has been an absolute killer in junior. He is just a he's, – he's been magic. He's been like, and, and, but at 19, I don't know if they're ready to bring him along or not. And I would love to see them, since they are not a genuine contender – I would like to see them bring the kids along and let them play and let them learn. But guys develop at different levels at different stages, so they may want him to percolate in the AHL for a while. Oh, for sure. Um, and then you got Gib- Gibby in, the, in net with Dostal. Yeah, Dostal uh, and Gibby Dostal. are fine. Um, they're, they're good. The question will be, again, what do you do with Gibby? Is he moved? Is he not? What what's going to happen? So that'll be the question in net. Um, so B minus off season grade up to this point. Wild card team. Yep. Okay. Here's the big one for me. Here's the one that's going to struggle. Calgary. Yeah. Problems in Calgary. I see them being a lottery pick next year. I wouldn't doubt it. They're they're. You know, it's going to be a battle to the bottom in that Pacific because you've got Phoenix and, and San Jose and Calgary, all of whom are really struggling to put – there's there's something wrong with the mojo. Oh, Phoenix is central now. Oh, they moved them? Last year. So they've been in the central. How long have I been asleep? Because because of Seattle coming in they to even out the divisions, so every division has the same amount of teams, they put Arizona in the central. Okay, so back to so. – <laughs> Yeah, I think Calgary Calgary's going to have trouble, and we'll get to them. But Seattle's Seattle was a that was a false positive this year with them. Think so? They had they had seven or eight guys that had career years, and I don't see that happening again. We'll get to Seattle, Um, Calgary. um, Craig Conroy, new general manager, true living out. Sutter, out as coach. Mm -hmm. Jerome McGinley brought in for for director of player of. Hockey operations and player development. Um, so they've got some good voices that have been there. Yep. Whether that translates or not remains to be seen. They, to me, here's here's the most notable things about Calgary up to this point are the players that ha- that that have left. They're gone. That's what I mean. That there's nothing I can point to draft wise or free agency wise, especially because they didn't sign anyone in day one. No. That says. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. So they lost to Foley, but they brought in name a guy. Yeah. There's none of that. No. So you're you're out um, to Foley. You're out. Huberto has kind of been a a hit or miss guy since he got there. The problem though with with Huberto, he is such a quality player. He just didn't mesh with with. He didn't get. He didn't. He wasn't the same kind of player to play for Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter's a North and South coach. Huberto's not a North South player. Toffoli was. Huberto is not. So Toffoli out. You know if they can if they can get come to terms with Mike Backlund and keep him around. Mangiapane, Kadri, uh, Huberto, Blake Coleman, Lindholm. Sharon Govich, Dylan Dubé. It's a pretty decent roster, but they've got to gel. And last year they were so out of sorts for so long that, and then, you know, the exodus continued. So that who knows where this team's headed. I saw a thing about Sutter, and it kind of went to what we talked about. 
in-your-face coaches like that have a shelf life. Yes. They're the kind of coaches you bring in and then you win now with those coaches because because the, the message can be because those are the kind of coaches that I will that I will acknowledge can lose a room because they're a, they're a niche coach right they're not every player in the NHL is a Ryan Reeves player not every player is a Tom Wilson not every player plays the the um Tockett Sutter style game, Hitchcock style of game right and so and you can't have an entire team of just those style of players. So you kind of have to get them, win, and then cha- and then change the voice a little bit. And so that's kind of the, the issue. It's getting more and more that way. As, you know, as time goes on, as the league evolves, as the age of the league and the age of the players being effective in the league, you look at the, the age of top six forwards 20 years ago, looking at 28, 29 years old, 30 years old. Those are guys in their prime. The age of top six forwards across the league right now, 23, 24, these are guys that are making enormous money and they're young and they may or may not respond to the whip. They need they need a little more carrot. So that's that's where you've got to keep the nucleus of the room and I don't, I don't know that he did or didn't. I know everybody respects Daryl Sutter uh, for good reason. I don't know what happened there, but when it was going as badly as it did, a change had to be made. I like Craig Conroy. I've met him and, and talked with him. He's a great guy. Players love him. He's a straightforward guy. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what this uh, what the new regime does. Here, here's here's my message with with coaches like that. Too is when things are not going right. That's not necessarily the voice you want to hear. Every if, think about it with parenting styles as well. Not every kid is gonna is gonna respond to a a finger wagging in your face and don't do that again or else. Some some are gonna respond more to a a gentler style of things. Uh, let's sit down and discuss what we think might be happening style of of, of play. And so, and I'm not gonna debate at least right now, which one is right and which one's wrong. The point is, because of that, it doesn't translate all, all, all the time. So when things are going wrong, now you have a coach that comes out in the media and doesn't pull any punches or anything like that. Now you're, now you've, it, it's like um, bonus in Winnipeg right. coming out in the media and, and after the Jets were eliminated and just going to town and Blake Wheeler comes out and goes, you know, there was probably a better way to do that. Yeah. So that's that's what soured me on torts 20 years ago. Uh, but and I, and I don't like that as a as a means of doing business at all. Anyway, no one, whether you're a, a black ace or a superstar, no one wants to be called publicly on the carpet. You got we got an axe to grind. Shut the door and let's sort it out. Well, it's what Patrick Watt did in Colorado. Yeah, having a down, a really down year, and I don't disagree with what he said about about Matt Duchesne, but when he came out in the media after Duchesne scored his twenty fifth or thirtieth goal of the year or whatever it yes. was, and celebrated that. as Patrick Watt said, as if he just won us the Stanley Cup, right? And yet, and yet were you were down four to one yeah. against the Blues with less than a minute left in the third period. 
right? So I I don't he just I don't made his bonus. I don't disagree with what Patty said, no. but what I what I don't like, no matter the style of coach you are, is coming out to the media and going, Duchesne is yeah, don't 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 do, don't do that. In, don't do it with a microphone. So anyway, we can carry on for about this for a long time. Uh, depth uh, depth. Before we get to depth, off season grade so far. For Calgary, I I gotta give him a I gotta give him a D D minus. I've yet to see anything that they've really done um, to improve their team. I, I don't I don't know what it is. Point one out, and I'll. All right, D minus grade so far for the off season for Calgary. Um, you see him bottom of the division then. Yes, That's kind of the the sentiment from both of us. Last place or where do you see him? Well, they're they're way better than last place. Eight eight teams in each division. San, they're not going to be worse than San Jose. Don't think San so. San Jose is going to be really really tough to get around. They're they're just they're so se- bad in getting worse. Seventh in the Pacific, then probably so. I think Vancouver's going to make a little a little move. They, they, it'll be Vancouver and Calgary for six and seven. I'm sure. Okay, um, depth wise. So the question here again will be. Um, like Gibby and Anaheim, what do they do with Lindholm in, in Calgary? You know, that's the question that fortunately can't be answered unless you're behind the closed door. I mean, nobody knows whether whether he can be salvaged, uh, whether the relationship with Backlund is good, um, what's going on with Jake Markstrom. Like, nobody knows this, and, and we shouldn't. We probably nobody nobody on the outside of the of the room should know, uh, but if they can salvage those guys and get them turned around, it maybe it's a coaching change, maybe it's a management change. I don't know. Well, it, but a lot of it depends on that because we, they've got some pivotal guys that may or may not want to be there. So we'll have to see. Depth down the left side: <clears throat> Dubé, Huberto, Pelletier, and Ruzica. Coleman can play the left. Um, they just they got Sharangovich too, who who can play anywhere. So they've got some versatility there. Nothing in the star star caliber except for Huberto and possibly Kadri. Uh, down the left, they've got some flexibility. They've got guys that can slot in one, two, or three, left, right, or center. Down the middle again, Lindholm's the question mark right now. Um, yeah. But Lindholm. Backland, Kadri, and Rooney yeah. down the middle. Down the right side, Mangiapani, Coleman, Sharon Govich, and Dewar, Walker Dewar. Yeah. And and this is where this is where they run into trouble. When we get to the defense, you'll see that they're they're pretty solid with five or six g- legitimate NHL defensemen. They're gonna have trouble scoring goals if they don't shore up the they've got seven, eight legitimate forwards but that's not nearly enough no. as you know Hannafin and Anderson top B pair Weger and Tanev and Weger and then Alsterly and uh, Zadorov Zadorov yeah yeah then and they're they're solid in goal if they pick it up Fladar and Markstrom yeah I mean Markstrom is better than he played last year see what happens uh, if he and that's you know that's it's such a team game that he couldn't he couldn't do much more than what was in front of him. Oh, and it absolutely. was a, it was in a it was in a little bit of a tailspin most of the year. So we'll see uh, you know and when you look down there 
down their list of prospects. I don't, I don't see any impact players coming for the, for up front. I don't see any help coming from within the system unless somebody com comes out and emerges as, as a 22-year-old that's just, you know, had a, had a magical summer and ready to blow the doors off the league. I don't see it. Calgary Flames, war room offseason grade D minus. Prediction finishing seventh. Six or seventh, yeah. We'll say seventh. Um, Edmonton. Battle of Alberta there. Edmonton. Yep. What what have, what have you seen that they've done um, and grade-wise based on what they've done? They brought in Connor Brown, which is the big, which is the main main piece that they've done. They brought in um, brought in Connor Brown. Um, you've got um, they did, and this was last year, but they traded for Ekholm on the back end. Um, to me, like anything else, goaltending will be a big question. Uh, what is what is Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner? What, what can they do? Um, I, because my my critiques up front or what, around what surrounds McDavid aside, McDavid is capable, obviously, of scoring. So is Drysital. Goaltending and defense will be the question for me in Edmonton. Yeah, it is absolutely the question. And if they were okay, Skinner struggled in the playoffs. Campbell played a little better, but he didn't get the net back. So they've got to sort out that net, and there's probably there are a couple of question marks uh, on defense. They're, they've got more depth than what they show up front. Nobody talks about the contributions of, of Warren Fogle or Ryan McLeod, uh, Derek Ryan. I mean, these are guys that can – they're not going to score – 30 goals, but they they can play. And Nugent Hopkins had a what 100 point year. Evander Kane's a factor. Zach Hyman needs no introduction. So they've got enough depth to get by up front, and certainly can score goals and do not take a penalty against them. They probably need to find another solid NHL defenseman uh, to go with Bouchard, Nurse, Eckholm, C.C. Kulak. Maybe Philip Broberg's ready to go, but they probably need a little defensive depth anyway. And they they just they don't I don't think they need new goaltenders because they probably don't have the option. These guys they don't have a market for. Them. No, I don't think there's a market for Skinner or Campbell either one. Uh, so they've got to solve the goaltending problem from within. And if they do, if these two guys can play like you know top third or top quarter of the league goaltenders this is a this is a legitimate contender these guys are as good as anybody so they've got to keep the puck c c c plus grade in the offseason <clears throat> so far i'd have to say about a c c plus i i just i haven't seen them do a whole lot yet we'll give them a c and um just because with the exception of connor brown um what they have is what they already had basically um I'd give them a C minus, but on that, the only reason I jump to a C is because I'm curious about the potential introduction and um, benefit that Dylan Holloway can bring. Yeah, well, Dylan Holloway's a, a solid prospect, absolutely. and um, what he can bring depth-wise for that lineup, which 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 is what you which is to me what you've been missing around McDavid. Yes, you need that that depth. Um, Savoy, I haven't heard much about him, 
since he was drafted, since all this stuff. I don't know how long they're going to let him percolate, what the what the plan is with him. Um, is there – what is the chance that you see Drake Kajula again? He just signed, but um, Kajula to me is one of those 13th, 14th forwards. Yeah. Um, at this point, he's, he's not only 29. He's down he, – he, he, he bounces and provides that down in the A. Yeah. And then is there if injury wise or unless he just light is lights out come camp. But to me to me Dylan Holloway beats him out for a roster spot. At least I would at least from a, a giving a look perspective. Um totally agreed with that. So but I I would like to see at twenty one years old now, all of a sudden Carter's voice twenty one years old. I mean, if we see this kid, he can you know he can play. You know, he's got a, a talent, he's small, but they're they're gonna need here's 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 a little bit of uh, uh they're gonna need a surprise or two. hundred percent. Here's the thing with guys like Savoy that um that to me on a team that we can all agree will be there come the end of the year most likely, at least for playoffs. Yeah. A lot of times you're not gonna see young guys get opportunities like that unless injuries happen. Right. It's right, wrong, or indifferent, where you see big moments the way you did with JT Comfer in Colorado a number of years ago was it wasn't until Colorado was 48 points and just completely out of it until you started seeing the younger guys start getting getting a look. Um, Savoy could surprise if in camp or if given the opportunity. Um, until then, Edmonton is kind of established as a at least playoff contender, if not cup contender. So how do you squeeze Savoy in without bouncing Ryan McLeod or um, even Brad Malone or anybody like that out of, out of the lineup? You can't – I don't think you can slot him fairly in, on the third or fourth line. No, Carter but I'm, I'm just – got to displace somebody in the top I'm just, six. But that's, I'm just saying, I'm just saying to make my point. You yeah. know? So I say bottom six guy just to make my point. But the point is if you, it's hard to see him replace a Ryan McLeod who's been solid at Edmonton. Absolutely. How do you see Savoy unless he's just absolutely all-star lights out come camp? How do you see him even displacing um, Yanmark or Connor Brown or Evander Kane? As much as I'm not a big Vander Kane fan, no, how no. how does Savoy come in and displace him until? Well, that's the that's the big question. It's easy for anybody to say, well, they should be playing Carter Savoy. They should, he should have a spot. Well, you can't just put him in. You got to take someone out. Yeah. So who who loses that spot to Carter Savoy? That's that can only be answered in camp or like you said with an injury. All right. So transitioning. So real quick. Uh, C C off season grade. Yeah. Kind of Are they division winners or or it, neck and neck with Vegas? Neck and neck. So yeah. say second. One or two. One or two for sure. Um, first or second, and then you got, um, and then we'll cover their what their depth looks like at least at this point real quick. Kane, Hopkins, Yanmark, and Holloway down the left. McDavid, Drysaddle, McLeod, and Malone down the middle. Brown, Hyman, Fogel. And Derek, Derek Ryan, uh, down the right side. That's again for the first time. I'm looking at that lineup, going, "That's not too bad." No, uh, that is not. Absolutely not. If they can get the depth production, that's the that's the thing, and that's what I said a couple weeks ago. Is until and because you're not you're not going to be able to have the balance scoring with McDavid getting 125 points, 
right? No. You can't have McDavid having a they're, – they're a guaranteed Stanley Cup champion if McDavid gets 125 points and you get secondary production from, from the guys you need to get that type of production from. So as a coach, I'm not, I'm not saying that McDavid ne- needs to pull back. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is until McDavid – until McDavid's point totals – drop a little not from any fault of his own but simply from the production of your secondary players right so until mcdavid gets a 105 point year a 95 point year simply not because of any floundering from him obviously but simply on the the backs of holloway and all them actually providing production i still wonder what they can do in the playoffs but this is the deepest i've seen edmonton in 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 a number of years. Yeah, and Ken Holland's done a nice job with that in a real short time. Here's, as a coach, I understand how you don't want to take McDavid and Dreisaitl off the ice. And you want to leave those guys out there, double shift them, just take turns with them, keep them on the ice all the time. But you can't develop the young guys while you're doing that. So at some point, you've got to play a solid enough game that you're not playing, you're not trying to come back from a four goal hole in the first period. And you can play all four lines. And that's what they've struggled to do is is have enough command of the game to keep their bottom six out there regularly and until they do that then you're how who knows what what's gonna what the development path is going to be like for somebody like uh, you know ryan Ryan mcleod o'neill o'neill said it very very well um during the free agency yesterday he said um and he wasn't talking about edmonton but he but the point still applies Nine, nine, eight games are not going to go in your favor consistently. No. So McDavid and Drysaddle can have 150 point seasons and hat tricks and and light up the scoreboard, but the set. But they do. You can't as conditioned as McDavid is. You can't have him out there every second. So at some point, your Holloways and your Yanmarks and these guys have to eat minutes they have to eat ice time and they have to be productive while they do so and otherwise otherwise the law of probabilities just it balances out and Edmonton is is on the outside looking in again come Stanley Cup final come playoffs until they can until that secondary scoring can actually be effective yeah and I and that is 100% not a shot at Drysdale or McDavid or Holland or anybody like that. That is just no, simply just the, the secondary is. scoring has to step up. Yeah. Because because it's not it's we've talked about this all the time. It's not basketball. And if it was, the Edmonton Oilers would in how many years that McDavid's been in the league would have five or six Stanley Cups at this point because McDavid's leading the charge. Given the but that's not the case. You can't no. win the. You can't win a Stanley Cup, eighty-two game season, and a f- deep four seven round series to win Stanley Cups on the back of one or two guys alone. You have to have the depth, and you have to have depth production. Right. So, uh, so on on defense, they look. They're they're still pretty solid on defense. I, I don't. They're they don't have glaring holes. It would be nice if they can get somebody. Uh, to step up from their come from within because they don't have the money to spend. But between Nurse and Eckholm, Cody Cece, Brett Kulak, um, Broberg, and Bouchard. Evan Bouchard, you know, it's pretty sturdy. 
and if they get contributions from some of the prospects or, or some of the you know some of the guys that we don't see a lot of. I don't see any glaring. I don't see any glaring holes in their lineup. No, no, not at all. That there's there's question marks, but I don't see any. I don't see any glaring holes. Yeah. So, um, L.A. Kings. L.A. Kings. So they moved. They moved. Um, I follow in a yep. big trade with for Dubois. Um, there was rumors that Byfield would be the return there. They found a way to get it done without doing that. Um, LA LA has been competitive too. They're they're bouncing up. So they're a goalpost away from going to the conference final mm-hmm. with Edmonton. So so LA um, with the Dubois trade with um, with all you've seen in the draft, all you've seen from that. What what. What from the off season? What grade would you give them? I got to give them at least a B. The the Dubois pickup is is really big to give them a large, top quality center to play with Kopitar. So now they've got a one two that's as good as anybody for the time being. And I know Kopitar's thirty five, but he's a very very durable thirty five. So between him and Dubois, they're they are rock solid uh, on one and two. So, uh, you know, I, I love what they've done. And you've got to be strong up the middle. And Philip Deneau, mm-hmm. maybe the best, one of the best third-line centers in the, in the league. Uh, they, you know, so there, they're, they're solid. They can put 12 really good quality forwards on the ice. They can score goals. Uh, Byfield, Fiala, Moore, <clears throat> Grundstrom down the left side. Yeah. Uh, not bad. Kopitar, Dubois, Deneau, Lazat down the middle. Lazat, right. Kempe. Arvidsson, Kaliev, and Trevor Lewis down the right um, with Anderson, Dowdy, Gavrikov, Clark, England, and Matt Roy on the back end. Um, I like the I like for them the England pickup. I liked England in Colorado. I did too. Um, that that's solid. You got Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot in, in net. Um, Copley proved himself a bit last year. Whether he can continue that, we'll, we'll see. But he proved he proved himself at least last year. Um, a B grade so far in the off season. Yes. Um, where where do you have them finishing? They're going to be. They'll be right behind Edmonton. So second, yeah. first or second there maybe. If, if Edmonton doesn't finish first, they do. Or or do you have them second or third? Or, or? they'll be third behind Vegas and Edmonton. Third. Okay. So first or second would be. Um, bounced Vegas between Vegas probably. and Edmonton with LA third. Logic tells you Vegas, then Edmonton, then LA. Okay. But they're really once the playoffs start and they all have to play each other. Mm-hmm. This is a, they're building this team just for that reason. They're building the, to get out of their division, basically. Exactly right. Yeah. So build the build the team to get out of your division and then move on from there. Right. Basically. Um, so yeah. So. Third, I like that that finish for them. Um, Watch for Brant Clark. He was a he was a fantastic junior. He's only twenty. May not get a lot of time on uh, on even the third pair, mm. but he he's a guy that that's going to come along and he's probably going to look a little bit like Evan Bouchard in Edmonton. That kind of a guy. Yep. So and they've got some kids in. Um, They've got some kids to, to look out for also. They've still got Alex Turcotte, who's now 22. Uh, tremendous, as you know, a top, uh, top half of the first round draft pick. Great, great young player who hasn't seen the light of day yet. So uh, 
let's see where a guy like that ends up. Tyler Madden, never know. Yeah. Akil Thomas. There's some guys in this system uh, up front that could make noise. And, you know, you don't want to see anybody get injured, but if anything happens, there there's certainly some players that they need to bring along and develop. So I, I would say real solid third place at least and a scary team in the playoffs. San Jose. Oh. Kind of like Calgary, they haven't really done much off season wise. No, do you do you grade grade them higher or lower than Calgary though? We gave Calgary a D minus. Would you give that? Would you give San Jose the F in the division, or would well, you give them? It depends. Uh, do you if you if you want to grade them on getting better, then yeah, I, I would have to give them a failure or an incomplete. But if you if you grade them on rebuilding. They're then right on track on the right with the track. rebuilding. They're on the right track for the rebuilding. Um, all right, so let's average that out then. If they're doing, if they're on track for the rebuilding, but they've failed on the getting better part, at least so far in the off season, but averaged out D. Yeah, I'd have to say so because it, they're still they're still getting worse right now. They they haven't hit bottom. They haven't gotten to that number one overall pick. The number, you know, they haven't gotten to where they can just take on salary and go crazy rebuilding that team with draft picks. And it's going to take a while because they're just not done getting bad. Right. If they move, uh, if they move Eric Carlson and his eleven point five, and maybe just can pick up a, a couple of high picks, that's great. But the the team the team in play for him has been Carolina. You get Carolina's first pick for Eric Carlson. It's still going to be the twenty seventh overall or thirtieth. They're they're top team in the league. So it's it's difficult when the team has been mediocre for as long as they have, and then all of a sudden they're getting worse. The the only thing they've done so far is pick up Anthony Duclair, mm-hmm. which I don't understand. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so depth wise, and then where we where we think we'll finish, they'll finish. Um, Barabanov, Barabanov. Um, he was a he was a leaf. Barabanov, um, Eklund, Lindblom, um, and Giovanni Smith down the down the left. Couture, Hurdle, uh, Nico Sturm, Stanley Cup champion in Colorado, and uh, Peterson down the middle. Um, Kunin, Duclair, LeBlanc, and Zetterland down the right side, and um, Burroughs, Eric Carlson at least for the time being until he's moved. Um, Mario Ferraro, Matt Benning, um, Vlasic, and Simek on the back end with Kakinen and Blackwood in that. I will say, I will say from a youth perspective and from a potential perspective, where I think they might have improved is in net. Kakinen has been solid; he's proven to be solid, and Blackwood has was solid in New Jersey. He, he proved that he could win you some hockey games with injuries to your starter and all that stuff. Um, if there's one area where I like what San Jose's done, it's in net. At the risk of making enemies, which we don't like to do here, I would just like to point out that you can look down from the top of the roster to the bottom and you can go on and on without finding a North American. I don't understand why for so many years, and I've known Doug Wilson since 1982, why you can't find a good North American player. 
they they, 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 they just go through they go through these guys and they've just got rid of Timo Meyer, which I understand they need as a start of the rebuild. But are there not are there not some good big straight ahead kids that you can find in in major junior? What are the look where this gets you? Here's here's what I'll say, and and I'll I'll say this based on on what we talk about all the time about winning and losing and and succeeding and not because they're not winning. It doesn't work. Yeah. Detroit went 23 straight playoff appearances and how many Stanley cups on the back of Swedes. So when, when it works, nobody talks about it when it doesn't. Now all of a sudden you're looking like, wait a minute, hold on. You've got only 11 North Americans out of 23 or 25 guys. Something's not working, but I, I would like, I'll, I'll only offer one resistance on the Detroit argument that was pre-salary cap. True. And when they wanted to shore that team up to win cups, they picked up Luke Robitaille, True. they picked up Brennan Shanahan, they picked up Brett Hull. True. So when it went, and um, Matt, uh, oh, the defenseman that's now in player safety, Schneider. So when they wanted to, when they wanted to take a really good team and make a Stanley Cup champion out of it, they added a handful of North Americans. So. I'm, I'm just telling you from a history standpoint, look through the Blackhawks, look through the L.A. Kings, the Boston Bruins. Um, look at the last 25 years of cup winners. No, don't have to go far. Vegas had 16 on their team, 17 if you count Jack Eichel. So, Anybody wondering where, where the all-knowing Brad Rauer feel, feels about Europeans and the European style of the game, just listen to this this little segment here. So I got nothing against the guys. The guys are perfectly good guys. They're quality people, and they're good hockey players. I'm just telling you that the makeup of the roster of winners, cup winners, is a little different than when you see guys that are starting to circle the drain, like San Jose. That's all. Enough said. This is a guy who's got whose whose team has how many how many all-star North Americans and they can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. So I didn't draft them. So I'm just saying. So anyway, um, Sharks, where do we see him finishing in the division? Bottom. Last? No question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Let's transition. Next we've got, um, let me pull it up here, cap friendly. The Kraken. San Jose, Seattle. Yep, Seattle. So you think with Seattle that it was an anomaly last year. I think they just punched above their weight class, and and good for them. I got no axe to grind with any of these guys. Um, I I just I looked at the amount of guys who had career years there, and well, guys who had career years who who. And here here's my thing, and I'll say this real quick, and we'll we'll keep moving because we're we're um, close to an hour here. We'll get we'll get we'll get cl- closed out here soon. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll say this and we'll move on. Here's my thing with the the arguments against the ex- the way of the expansion at the end of the day a lot of the guys that were made available for the expansion draft with exception of some superstars but cap reasons mm-hmm. they're guys who who struggled even in the bottom 6 with the team that they were with so these are guys who Marcia so and and Susie and these guys who who were the odd man out when it came to to these things, hence why they were made available. Yep. That's my only argument is 
they've found some semblance of success in Vegas and Seattle despite that. Now, having said that, though, to prove your, your statement, these are career years from guys who in, in everyday circumstance would struggle to score 20, right? Right. So, so to prove your point, there is that t- anomaly take with Seattle as to whether or not and you you know my criticisms of Eberly, but whether or not Eberly can can produce at the same rate consistently, especially this point in his career, right? Whether yeah. um, Schwartz, um, if, if Jane Schwartz, Bjorkstrand, anybody like that can be. Yanni Gord is a guy who who came you know uh, from the Tampa system, good player, hard nosed guy. I, Jared McCann, uh, until he got hurt. Uh, Jared McCann was like he's the what he scored forty one goals or something this year for him. That and he's a good player. I got and again no no disrespect to any of the guys, but show me that that wasn't a one year wonder. And next next uh, next next year we'll come back and we'll do we do, we do this every year this preview stuff. We'll come back next year and we'll and we'll look at whether or not we were right about it being an anomaly or not. Yeah. So absolutely. we'll go from there. Um, speaking of free agent breaking as we record. As of this recording, Kyler Yamamoto has signed in Seattle. Oh, okay. So he is now okay. with Seattle, which means he's back in where he's from anyway. He's from the Washington area, so he's back there. Uh, Kraken, based on the offseason, what grade do you have him? They'll be in the middle of the division. They, do you have him a not, D, D grade? Yeah. It, no, you know what? They haven't done much. Uh, did they? Was there anything that I missed? No. That, yeah, Kraken. Um, um, Yamamoto was their their big. I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't say that they. I wouldn't say that they were bad, but yeah, I got to give them a C because they didn't add or subtract much of anything, which I'm fine with. I, if it works, it, it, it works. Troubling for me. If it works, when, it works. But the question for me that's troubling with Seattle, if if you and I are correct, which when are we not? Yes. If, if it was an anomaly, would you expect them to do more? Would you expect them to be doing more, at least up to this point in the offseason, if the idea is that they know and we know that they they kind of out-punched their weight class a little bit last year, and now it's time to shore up to ensure that we don't have a big fall come next year? Well, what it, what it tells me is that Ronnie Francis likes his team, and he likes his pipeline. He likes what's on the ice. He likes what's coming up. Maybe he's thinking that Shane Wright is uh, due to emerge any time now. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't see him. Uh, I don't see him on a daily basis. Uh, I don't see their minor league system. Maybe, maybe there's things there that tell him I don't need to do anything. We got a really good team here. We're only getting better. Yeah. So that must be the case. Vince Dunn, Adam Larson, Alexiak, and Borgen. And Dumoulin, they just signed as well with Justin yep. Schultz in the back end with Grubauer and De- Joey Decord um, in net. Um, don't, don't sleep on Kale Fleury. No, no, Kale absolutely. Fleury's a real solid defenseman who hasn't really come into his own yep. yet. So behind behind Vegas and Edmonton and L.A., um, where do you have them? Fourth, fifth? Yeah, they're probably fourth and fifth. Yeah, so you've got Vegas. So Vegas and Vancouver are the last two teams for us to cover here. So um, Vegas Vegas and Edmonton, one or two, with L.A. three. Um, San Jose last with Calgary at seventh. So fifth? Yeah. Fifth place. Um, 
Yeah, I, I like that. They're 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 right kind of in the middle of the division, with the up and coming teams ahead of them. One of them being the defending champions, and then uh, the teams below them that you have to think Seattle would at least come out on top of. So. Right, right around fourth or fifth, I like for Seattle. This is this does not look like the roster that can withstand much in the way of injury. No, no, and that's the other thing too. So the key injuries in the top six, and you got trouble. So, so that's Seattle. So let's move on. Um, so we we've done everything. Vancouver. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver, then Vegas. So Vancouver, to me, is is another one of those question marks. Um, I think I, the situation is going to be a handful. I really, I really don't like what has been going on with this roster. With especially going clear back to the Mike Gillis days, I don't like what they've done with this roster. But at the same time, they've got some fantastic young players. Uh, not the least of which is Pedersen and, and Brock Besser, who's a great kid. Connor Garland was a good pickup. Bavillier. Uh, beyond that, though, they, you know, they're going to have to find, they're going to have to find some real solid middle six, someplace. Yep. And I, I don't know. I don't think Teddy Bluger is the answer. Maybe Pod Colson. Maybe it's time for him to step in. Um, Sheldon Dries. I don't know. Studnika. I think had a was. Looked like he he might have some potential. Um, we'll see. Off season grade for Vancouver. Gosh, I you know they didn't. They, they, they brought in Ian Cole. They brought in um, Matter when they brought in Philip Ronick. Um, a number of players like that. Susie is a good ad. Susie's a good ad. I C minus. I, I, I might give a little better than that because. They're not. They didn't go out and try to pick up, you know. They didn't try to pick up big name guys, big contender kind of guys. They shorted up with strength with guys like Cole. Uh, so they're what they're trying to do is just get more solid first, and then maybe maybe they've got somebody, uh, maybe up, somebody up their sleeve in the system that is going to be able to add some some scoring punch. So that was. That was a big problem for them last year. Absolutely. So um, based on where everybody else um, and, and looking at them, we have them finishing probably sixth in the division. Um, the depth for this for the predicted sixth-place team in the Pacific, Kuzmenko, um, Mikheyev, DiGiuseppe, uh, Dakota Joshua down the left, um, Patterson, Miller, Amon, and Dries down the middle with um, Besser, Bovillier, Garland, and Bluger down the right, um, with Hughes and Ronick, Susie and Myers, and Irwin and Cole on the back end with Demko and Salavs, Arturs Salavs in, in net. Yeah, it's you know it's a that's a good team. They're going to play real hard for Rick Tockett. He he's he's a bit of an X factor. To me, that's get, the factor is Tockett. More, they'll be better than the sum of the. Parts. You saw what he did for Arizona. Yes. And how Arizona played. And they yeah. floundered and they struggled and they didn't make the playoffs and they this and that, but they gave battles every night. They made they made you work for it. And so with a lineup like this, maybe it's enough to squeak into a wild card spot. Maybe if you can surprise some people. I would say I would say yes, they're gonna be very difficult to play against. They're gonna be they're gonna make you hurt. But 
when you look at the quality of Vegas, Edmonton, L.A., and maybe even Seattle, it's going to be real tough for these guys to jump into the playoffs. Agreed, agreed. So, um, so sixth sixth place, tough to jump into the playoffs, but could surprise with Tockett and with with all that stuff. So, could be there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Vancouver to me has always been an anomaly in the Pacific, though, for a number of years. So. There's a there's a kid in in Vancouver that I've been waiting for for uh, two or three years now, and it's Noah Juleson, and he's um, I think he came over from Montreal, but he's now he's now in his mid twenties, and I really I was really have been waiting for him for three years to become a, ra- an, a, a everyday NHLer. He just cannot seem to get out of the A, yep. and I don't understand. Yep. I'd like to see him more often, but anyway. Uh, on to Vegas. Vegas. So this is the team. This is a pretty simple. It's one a for simple. Me. And here, 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 here it is. They haven't done anything, with the exception of re-signing Barbashev. Yep. Nothing really stands out. They're one of the low. They're, they're one of the lower draft. They're one of the lower draft picks just simply because they won. Uh, they traded away Riley Smith, re-signed Barbashev. So there's a number of things they've done, um, but there's a number of factors. I'm going to give them a, a B off-season grade. The, yeah. the, just simply because I, I'm hard-pressed to give him an A because what if they, aside from trading Smith and resigning Barbashev, nothing really stands out to to give him an A. I'll who get, needs to do anything? Right. I'll give him a B because who needs to do anything? They're the defending champions. Don't mess with what works yep. until proven otherwise. Uh, they're um, And so can't go lower than a B because they're the defending champions. Can't go higher than a B because despite being champions, don't mess with what's not broken. Correct. They've also not done like big, huge. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they drafted him or traded for that guy or done this. So, just logic, a B grade, um, depth-wise. Barbashev, Howden, Cotter, and Carrier on the left. Eichel, Stevenson, Carlson, and Roy down the middle, with Marcheseau, Stone, Amadio, and Colasar down the right-hand side, with Martinez and Petrangelo. McNabb and Theodore and Haig and White Cloud on the back end with um, Aiden Hill, who did resign, and Logan Thompson in net. That's a solid lineup. It and sure until is. proven otherwise, to me, they are a first place team in the Pacific and the team to beat. Exactly. No, that's, Sa- same no way you'd, the same way in 2022 you'd say about Colorado. They were the yep. team to beat until proven otherwise. So, so Vegas is the team to beat. They are. They will be the champions until next June at yeah, least. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, anything else you want to f- um, finish on before we close things out this week? Well, with every team, it looked, it, it, no matter who we were talking about, there was always, if this guy steps up, well, this guy's in the minors. Is he ready to come in? Is he ready to take a top six spot or a top pair defense spot? And when you when you see the rosters in places like Vegas is a perfect example to end on, Brett Howden just at 25 became an absolute factor because of his skating ability. Um, they got such good mileage out of Chandler Stevenson, and of course, March so Mark Stone got healthy, and the top the top three or four guys don't need an introduction. But when you can get Colasar, Amadio, Brett Howden, uh, Chandler Stevenson to step in the way they have, it's been fantastic, and they're well coached. So. The coaches and what they do with the players in the right fit, and when you have a guy emerge and have his career take off the way Brett Howden did, that's what turns teams around, takes them from being 
A minus to A plus. And that's the thing you can't predict. GMs can't predict it. We can't predict it. Nobody can. So it's just, it's what makes sports great. It is. 100%. So uh, that's the Pacific Division for this week. Obviously, very, very early preview for the season. We're just, we're in, as of this recording, only into day two of the free agent period. And uh, we still have a number of weeks and months to go before the fourth the season. Where does Pat Kane go? Where does Jonathan Taves go if he plays again? Uh, what about uh, veteran depth guys like Paul Stasny? What happens to them? There's a number of things that can happen um, at, that we can um, not only recap, but we can edit and adjust as the weeks go on. But at least up to this point, that's our um, Pacific Division preview um, and where we see teams falling heading into the season after the draft and day one of free agency. Anything you want to close on? Next week, we'll tell you all about the Central. Central Division next week. Uh, if you have any thoughts of your own or questions, please feel free to uh, write into us, engage with us, ask questions. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Worm the Hockey Podcast on Facebook, at Worm the Hockey Podcast on Instagram. Um, yeah, so Central Division next week. Um, off season is moving quickly. As always. As always. So off-season moving quickly. Uh, development camps are already started. Um, so as the weeks as the weeks go with our previews here, next thing we know, they'll be heading to camp. We'll hear, hear um, injury updates um, with off-season surgeries like uh, Johansson in Colorado, to name there'll be to name an example. So there there's a number of updates to give along with our previews. So that's to come. And before you know it. Training camp, preseason, and the 2023-2024 hockey season will be underway. So a lot of excitement, a lot to look go. forward to. So I appreciate you joining the studio this week. Hey, always a pleasure. Uh, look forward to uh, being with you guys again next week. We appreciate you all. Cheers. Cheers, pal.